The Library by Francis Rosenfeld Ninth Story Gwen dragged her feet through the desert, walking behind number five to the tequila barrel, when she noticed what looked like the corner of a trapdoor barely covered by dirt. She stopped to get a closer look and by the time number five noticed her absence, he was too far to stop her from sweeping off the dust to uncover it. Hey, she waved at him. Hey, over here, I found something. Leave it alone, Gwen. It's getting late. We need to get back. It's a door, she said emphatically. We don't have time for that now. Come here. Might be important. What are you talking about? What if it's provisions or tools? A clean change of clothes. Help me open this. She started pulling at the handle in vain because the solid metal door was very heavy. You won't be able to open that. It has an electronic lock and you don't have the code. Leave it alone. Number five engaged in a failed attempt at persuasion. You know what's inside. We're not supposed to talk about it. Is it a secret government facility? No. An alien artifact warehouse? No. A nuclear bunker? No. Would you give it a rest, Gwen? It's a seed vault. In the middle of the desert, there was enough land to build it here. It's very large. Oh, yes, yes, see all this. He gestured with his arms wide to cover the surrounding land, all the way to the horizon. That's how large it is, and on several levels. So you're not really lost, Gwen ventured to guess. No, he replied, but we can't leave either. We signed a lifetime contract. What in creation would determine any sane person to do such a thing? She asked, flabbergasted. Life is a lot more complicated than you think. He looked at her, discomforted by her exhausting enthusiasm and her unrealistic expectation, so characteristic of youth, that things will turn out well if one just worked hard enough at them. We all had our reasons. Why didn't you tell me? I didn't sign up to be there. I have the right to leave. You have the right, but not the means. We didn't want to upset you. There is no way in or out of here. Whatever gap in the enclosure allowed you to accidentally walk in is probably patched by now. What do you mean patched? We don't exist. Not for the real world. That is the agreement we made. And this place doesn't exist either. Why? To protect it. Yeah, that's crazy, she blurted. So you threw your life away too? What? Guard seed packets. We are the last hope of humankind should anything catastrophic happen. What makes you think you'd be alive to care? Just in case we are. He wrapped up the explanation and turned around. Come on, let's go. No, I want to see. Gwen insisted, you can't spring a secret storage vault on me and not let me have a look. She continued, giving him the evil eye, especially since I'm trapped here because of it. This door is too heavy and hasn't been opened in a long time. Number five objected. If you want to see it, we should use the one by the house. There's a floor door in that place and in all this time you didn't consider telling me about it. Gwen got mad. We voted on it and the majority decided to keep things quiet. Number five looked down, embarrassed. You know, 
just in case you were lucky enough to find your way out of here. I thought you said there was no way out, Gwen pressed him. There isn't, number five scratched his head. They keep moving rock formations around and bouncing off signal. You can run in circles forever and not pass by the same landmark twice. It's a constructed maze, and a good one. But, you never know. I don't underestimate luck. Sounds like a lot of trouble for a seed vault. Are you sure there's nothing else hidden in there? You can see for yourself when we get back to the house. They walked back in silence, and it surprised Gwen how excited she was at the prospect of seeing something new. Back at the house, the group evaluated the situation. Well, it's a done deal now. Number six pondered the choice, thoughtful. I can't say that I approve, he hesitated. Number one swept up the white gravel from the meditation path into a bucket to reveal a trapdoor which, by the looks of it, had gotten a lot more used than its counterpart in the desert. It took three of them to pry it ajar. That's how heavy it was, but its well-oiled knuckles made no sound when it swung open to reveal the dark void below. A cold, dry breath rose from the depths, smelling of earth and lumber and Gwen got confused because there were no stairs leading down, like one would expect. You're supposed to jump, number four explained. In there, Gwen looked at him incredulously. How far down is it? Fifteen, maybe twenty feet, the latter replied. Are you mad? I'm not jumping twenty feet. I'm going to break a leg or something. We all do it, number three encouraged her. Okay, she said, you first. No can do, most young one. You want to see the vault, you must turn the vault. Are you going to jump, or should we close the door? The climate controls are sensitive. We don't want to use the refrigeration system to cool the entire desert. We can't push you, if you're squeamish, number seven offered magnanimously. No, thanks, I'm good. Gwen instinctively stepped back from the edge, remembering the abiding fear of heights she'd been carrying in her heart ever since she could remember. Number five got up, suddenly at the end of his patience, and demanded, Okay, let's close the door, this went on long enough? No, Gwen stopped him. I'll do it. She looked into the ominous hole, wondering if her curiosity, which she'd always cherished, wasn't a gift but a curse. It was one thing to get stranded in the desert for no justifiable reason. It was a whole other thing to jump to one's death in a black hole of doom. Just a smattering of paranoia visited her to suggest that maybe the numbers had been plotting all this time to get rid of her, and that seed vault was in fact the place where they hid the bodies, and when she raised her eyes to assess exactly how much of a possibility that was. She encountered the exasperated gaze of number seven. So, today, maybe, the latter asked. Yes, she hesitated on the edge of the hole, trying to play for time. Should I bend my knees, or roll, or something? She asked. What do you think this is, a skydiving exercise? Just step over the edge, you'll be fine. There must be an air pillow or a trampoline at the bottom. It stands to reason someone would install one. Who devised this insanity? She pepped herself up, closed her eyes, and stepped into the void. 
she fell for what felt like a lot more than twenty feet, only to find herself unpleasantly surprised by the hard bottom of the hole, which thrusted her knees into her stomach. Are you all out of your minds? She yelled, outraged, while she got back on her feet, relieved nothing was broken. Are you okay? Number one asked from above, but didn't wait for an answer. She heard a swoosh and a thud not too far from where she was standing and heard him shuffle in the dark to steady himself. The others followed in silence, and Gwen counted how many of them had joined the party by the number of bodies hitting the floor. The lights went on automatically, to reveal they weren't at the bottom of the vault at all, but on the landing of a very tall metallic stair that stretched six or seven stories down. The landing offered a panoramic view of the warehouse, where row after row of wooden cabinets, fastidiously labeled, faded into the distance. If she didn't know any better, she'd think she accidentally walked into a giant library. We are the library. The group chanted behind her. The library. We are the library. Enough with the library nonsense. She yelled, exasperated. No wonder she was becoming paranoid. It is the reasonable reaction when you're living with mad people. You have to be constantly on your guard, even in your sleep. You never know what in the world they are going to come up with next. What's all this stuff? Every plant species on Earth, Number four explained, and some that have gone extinct a while back. Why don't you bring them back if you have the seeds? The earth is too hot for them now. They wouldn't thrive. Number four tipped his head to the side in a disarming gesture. When the climate cools, they'll be here. Do you come here often? Every day, number one said. We need to run the maintenance checks. There's a lot of equipment. Gwen looked around and remembered the warehouse stretched at least a couple of miles out, judging by the location of the second door out in the desert. This place is huge. How much time do you need to check everything? That's why there are seven of us. Number one looked at her with a gratified smile and potted her on the shoulder. Actually, now there are eight of us. Don't even think about it. I have a life. I want to find a way out of the desert and go back home. I will not stay here to guard a storage facility. Denial is the first phase. Number six nodded wisely. You'll come to terms with this, eventually. I'm not staying. She insisted. I want out of here. How do I get out of here? Are you claustrophobic, my dear? Number four asked. That's going to be a problem. The daily maintenance checks take at least a couple of hours. How did she end up here? She asked herself. How does a normal college graduate with a passion for literature end up assigned to monitor a hole in the ground for the rest of her life? Somewhere in her life she must have taken a fateful decision. One that had set this cluster of outcomes in motion and she had this bizarre conviction that if she only figured out exactly what that fateful decision was, she could focus her actions in such a way as to make her current circumstances disappear. She had never believed in fate, but it seemed just too unlikely one could torpedo one's life so spectacularly guided only by the vagaries of chance. An entire symphony of doomed choices and wrong turns had to have come together to fashion the circumstances that got her stranded here, and their concerted actions couldn't possibly have happened by accident. What were the odds that, 
if she had to jump 20 feet down every day and hit a hard floor, she could do so indefinitely without incident. How did the men make it for so long in good working order? The reason for their daily psychedelic trips became obvious to her now, and she vowed, if she ever got out of the vault, to drink that hideous fluorescent green concoction no matter how horrid its smell. Please, she begged, let me out of here. We can't, number five replied. The rope hoist motor is on a timer. We've got two hours to kill. Might as well do our rounds. The group scattered in all directions, leaving Gwen alone atop the platform, with the instruction the fifth floor is yours before they disappeared from sight. The light dimmed after they left, or at least it felt that way to Gwen, who was now walking towards the vast warehouse alone, the muffled echoes of her own footsteps as her only comfort. She started slowly down the stairs, not sure about venturing even deeper into the bowels of the earth all by herself, counting the steps as she went down to keep her mind from running ragged. What if they didn't come back? What if they all got out through some secret passageway and left her there to die? The space was enormous, so it would take a long time before she ran out of air. It was more likely she'd die from thirst first. What a horrible way to pay for one's unfortunate curiosity. She figured she'd at least be able to eat some seeds, if this tomb was indeed a seed vault, to dull her hunger and she weighed the moral choice of pitting her temporary survival against the permanent extinction of countless species of plants that would get sacrificed for it. Where was that fifth floor, anyway? The floors are labeled at the landing. Number four's voice emerged from the depths. Aren't you there yet? There isn't that much time. What do I need to check? She asked out loud, because nobody had told her but this time the depths didn't answer. 